0: Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question, what's the fucking point? So let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that we meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around psychology, human behavior, consciousness, spirituality, philosophy, and more all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. It's episode number 39 of What's the Fucking Point? And I'm excited for you to get to hear this interview with the first professional musician I've had on the show, and I love her music as much as I love her message, which I feel like is a rare combination. It's sort of like either the music is great, the message is meh, or vice versa. So I can't wait for you to hear this interview with Trish's, aka Trish Hossain, originally from Trinidad and hails from Los Angeles, California. So before I tell you a little bit more about Trish's, just kind of letting you know what I've been up to and some recent faves, Um, I've been actually taking a break from listening to a lot of podcasts myself and listened to a number of audiobooks. One of them recently was White Like Me by Tim Wise, which is really fascinating, I think, for anyone. It's certainly not written for just people from tennessee or from nashville but particularly interesting for me as a Nashvilleian because he grew up here and uh was born in 1968 and so came up sort of right after segregation had happened in schools and uh or sorry integration and so hearing more about the history of my city but also just the how that all the interactions on the national scale and issues that were going on globally um, apartheid in South Africa just a really really fascinating um, memoir where he just sort of walks through his whole life and and explores how issues of race um, have come up and white privilege and it's really excellent. He His writing style is super engaging and informative, and I, I'm sure the book itself would be wonderful on its own, but the audiobook was really special, too, because he reads it, and he's got a great voice for reading, and um, just feels like he's right there reading it to you. So I highly recommend White Like Me by Tim Wise. And in a similar theme, I finally got around to watching Black Klansmen, which is the most recent Spike Lee film set in 1970s Colorado Springs, the true story of this uh, cop detective uh, Ron Stallworth, and the cast is incredible: Adam Driver, John David Washington. Uh, it they just did a phenomenal job and covering a really challenging and and dark time in our history but also infusing enough sort of lightness and humor in there and just excellent uh dynamics between the characters that it's also an enjoyable experience even though it's hard stuff and one more fave I wanted to shout out here is one of my favorite breakfasts I know it's kind of weird but I love hearing this kind of stuff from people so Dave's Killer Bread makes a truly killer bagel. I like whatever their everything bagel is called. I like that, but they were out of their bagels when I went to the store the other day and I got their English muffins instead, which were also excellent. I love supporting their mission too because they are all about challenging the stigma of of folks with criminal backgrounds. They have a whole thing called the Second Chance Project, which is about helping people after they get out of jail or prison with reentry and and, and good em, employment opportunities, which are so unfortunately rare. So love supporting Dave's Killer Bread. So on my little English muffin or bagel, I spread Kite Hill ricotta or not ricotta, Kite Hill cream cheese, vegan cream cheese. I like the chive flavor and then top it with a little red beet and cabbage sauerkraut salad from Wild Brine. It is excellent. Highly recommend. Anyway, getting into the interview with Trish's... She recently released an album called Ego, which you'll hear more about in the interview, so I won't tell you much about it now. She's currently touring, so keep an eye out on her social media to see if she is coming to your city or near you. I know she'll be coming through Nashville. I don't know if she'll perform here, but I'm really hoping she will. And so I will be in communication with her about that. But you can check out Trish's on Spotify, on Instagram, at Trish's Music, and check out her YouTube channel. Her website is just Trish's.com. This woman is a powerhouse, you guys, and we only scratch the surface of her talents in this conversation and the messages that she is trying to share and explore, so I know you're going to love this interview. I'll see you on the other side.
1: I don't want to say I started too many projects, but like <laughs> I started a lot of projects and I'm yeah. really excited about all of them. But um, it's just been a
0: lot. Yeah. Do you know your Enneagram number? No. What's that? Oh, dude. it's um, It's a personality typing system and it sort of has like ancient roots, but it's – Um, been in the US brought in by like a psychologist in in the 70s. And recently, like in the past six months, it's having this like explosion, like there's all these Instagram accounts that went from like zero to 250,000 followers in like three months. Um, So it's, it's an interesting if you look it up, or when you look, it's like a circle. And then there's nine points. So there's nine core types. And I've found it personally way more useful than like Myers-Briggs or any of that other stuff. But yeah, it's the reason why I ask is because mentioning that you have started a bunch of projects. I'm like, are you a seven like me? <laughs> so you'll have I- to find out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just like have,
1: it's, it's hard when you have like a lot of ideas for things you like want to do because I'm the kind of person that like if I want to do something, I do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, a am very
1: much, like, an action person, but I'm also, like, super concept. So I just, like, have to – any ideas I have, I, like, have to, like, do them. Like, mm-hmm. I have to see it, like, come to fruition. And I just have a lot of things I want to yeah. do.
0: So, like, well. Right. And it's it's so cool because living in this, like, technology era, one of the things we can do is we can go from idea to – Execution, like in the the same day, yeah. So it's a it's a good thing and sometimes not a good thing. <laughs> um. So tell me about ego, like the the concept. I guess it's going to be part of a larger project that you can kind of explain to us. But I'm obsessed with this idea, so tell us about it. So
1: Trish's, my name's Trish. Um, Trish's is the constructs of self. So. Um, There's a lot of different names for it, but I've been using like Freud's constructs of self. Um, Mm -hmm. The id, the ego, and the superego, or the primal self, the conscious self, and the spiritual self or the higher self. Um, And live, I do a lot of vocal looping, and I loop um, different sounds and stuff. And for me, it's just a way to let all of these cells like have a voice in the real world because I think they like can actually drive you crazy. Um, I think there's so much internal struggle within us every day constantly Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I tried suppressing that um, and it was really unhealthy and I was in a really bad place and I used this project to voice all of these things. So I was I was feeling and thinking things that were like I was like ashamed of. Like some of it was was really negative emotions and like anger and jealousy and like and I would just sort of repress all of those things. And having this way of letting letting these different voices speak was really therapeutic for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: Ego is the first of three albums. Um, ego is the conscious self. And I wanted to make ego about things we created to separate ourselves from the primal self. So it centers around five topics. Um, government, money, self-awareness, language, and creativity. And it really... it it speaks on my relationships with these things, but also I I try to have both the micro um, analysis of the things within my personal life, but also more of a macro um, overview of humanity's relationships which with each of them. Um, and part of the reason I'm doing the ego experience, which is like a – a pop-up experience of album is because there were so many relationships and perspectives that I didn't get to touch on um, either because I I had a finite amount of media um, Mm -hmm. to put out with it. But also some things were just like not my place to touch on. And I wanted to explore all of those things. So the ego experience brings in different um, minorities to express their relationships with each of the structures.
0: Mm -hmm. And when you say the ego experience, um, are you kind of referring to like the live element of it?
1: Yeah. So it's basically like a gallery, um, that you, you can take a tour through the different themes. Um, and you see art and poetry from different artists, including myself that, um, express their relationship with that theme. And there's also a performance element of it. So it's a few hours of just the the gallery and that sort of experience. And then there's um, a performance element with local artists and performances um, by me and the local artists as well.
0: Awesome. And yeah. the, the five topics you chose are just, uh, they're perfect. And I love how you said that you tried to sort of address each one from both your personal lived experience and also include including that kind of like zoomed out view and that's something that i've really felt called to to do like both as somebody who works with people on their internal worlds primarily as a as a therapist but um i'm also just feeling really called to the larger picture right now and helping people figure out like you know there's so many uh People and podcasts and all of this focusing on personal and spiritual development, and when there's not within that included in the conversation the bigger picture, it just feels so incomplete. So I love how you really wove those two two things together.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about um, how our sense of self is is only through our relationship with. Um, our external world that's the only way we have any sense of what um, self is and it's really helpful for me at least to to view myself in in this huge grand scheme of humanity Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and that only when we do that will we have a sense of who we actually are outside of our ego right right Um, that what you just said reminded me of a piece from your song saraswati that i uh wanted to read and i didn't ask you this before but if i can put a little clip of the song in i'll do that here yeah totally cool
1: because you will never see yourself in real life only videos and photographs and reflections you will never see yourself through your own eyes only mirrors and camera projections but I see you whole as an apple and-
0: That you will never see yourself in real life, only videos and photographs and reflections. You will never see yourself through your own eyes, only mirrors and camera reflections. But I see you whole as an apple uneaten. I see you whole like the Garden of Eden. And I was just like, preach, because all of this like original sin and like, we're not whole, we're only whole if, fill in the blank. So anything you want to say about that, I would love to hear. But I just love it. Yeah, I think in one sense
1: it's really like, it's really a love song because I think the beauty of humanity and like our relationships is that that's the only way we have a sense of self is, is when we can see ourselves in other people. Um, And I think when you love someone um, romantic or otherwise it's, it's not that they make you whole, but it's that you have a better understanding of yourself. You have a greater self-awareness within that relationship. Um, and so to me, there's that element of it, that it's it's a love song in a personal sense. And then in the the greater sense, it's that, we have all of these things telling us who we are and it's very difficult to decipher what is true and what's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been, I just came from a dance rehearsal working on the video for that song. So it's been something that's been like really on my mind a lot. Um, And I think there's, it's a really existential sort of thing too because I had this I had this realization that I know that I really love someone if they're who I want to be with me when I'm on my deathbed
0: mm-hmm. um love is watching someone
1: die right yeah Death that's, cab. My, <laughs> fucking that's love it. it's one of my favorite songs ever and that's probably my favorite line of any song ever um and i i think in an existential way it's that like we have death constantly following us in in the back of our minds and we're doing all of these things to gain some sort of immortality um and you know like in in modern times like social media is a lot of that but throughout history we just do all of these things like we want to have these empires and we want to have this land and we want to have this fame and we want to we want talent and intellect and we want these things because we want to make this like sort of mark because we want this immortality and so i think part of it is love and part of it is death Mm -hmm. and somewhere somewhere in love and death we we find our sense of self and i i that's kind of weird, but I guess that's how I see it.
0: Yeah. Like, as you're saying that, what comes to mind for me is that, like, only when we can fully accept our mortality and, and actually make peace with it, which doesn't have to mean that we want to die, it doesn't have to mean that, you know, we, we can have lots of adventures at the time that we're here. But like you said, it's this human thing that we, we grasp at so much, and when we stop grasping, we can experience what it's be lo- what it's like to be like a tree who just is for however long that it is, yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because like the
1: grasping's not bad mm-hmm. it's like that's what that's part of the the greatness of humanity is that like we ha we're we're aware of our mortality in a way that no other living being that we know of knows, um and it's just a weird life that we live. It's this weird life that we live where we know we're gonna die, and we just have to decide what we're gonna do with with our time here and like what it all means um and so I think I think that's why we become great, like that it it really pushes us to do great things but it also pushes us to do horrible things and that's what being a human is it's like the oh i there was a quote from i don't know if it was like the card or something but there was this quote about humans the the human experience and like oh man i really let me see it's on my phone yeah yeah sorry
0: podcast no while you're while you're looking for that i was just gonna say like it's one of our universal lessons that we are figuring out the balance between sort of like grasping desire, all of that, and being in contentment and I know for right. me that is going to be a lifelong lesson, and both are okay, but it's it's like a constant dance
1: oh i didn't I didn't write all of it down, but who's it it's just it's um. Man is the Great Paradox of Creation. Who said this? I li- I've been listening to Philosophize mm-hmm. This. It's my favorite.
0: Which one? Um, Philosophize This. I need to listen to that. I haven't heard that one.
1: Um, but, oh, I, I wish I
0: had it. But it, it it's- I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man is the greatest paradox of creation. I mean, in many ways, we absolutely are. Yeah. Um, Especially when you consider our self-destructive nature is much more than I would say any other species.
1: Yeah, I was. I when after I filled out the the questions are like free, free question questions. Um, I went back and I I looked through Ishmael and um that's one of the one of our um one of our signature traits is is our destructiveness Mm -hmm. humans are weird man
0: yeah (laughs) yeah we are so what comes like after the ego experience do you already know which one you're going to go to next?
1: Yeah. So the id is next and the it is a full length album that I actually wrote when I was in that very dark space. So I wrote the id before I wrote Ego. Cool. Um, mm. But the id is just so honest and special. Um Ego, I love. Ego is very political, and it's it's not that it was intended to be that, but these structures are inherently political things. Right. Um, the id, I had to tap into something like very primal and subconscious, and it was very difficult, and so it's very special to me, and that's going to be the next thing I put out.
0: Cool. Um, and cool. then super
1: ego. I feel will be sort of my magnus opum, my magnum opus yeah. <laughs> um, and um, that will come out in a few years. I don't know. I've never, I haven't written it, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it is, it is almost done. Yeah. And did you always imagine that this would be the thing that you do?
1: In terms of music, I always thought I would do music, Mm -hmm. but I never thought I would be doing like visual art to the capacity that I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I never thought I would be doing spoken word and like writing. I didn't, I, I didn't think I was going to be like such a concept artist more than anything. Um, and I feel really blessed that that's the way my life has gone. Um, and i think finding success earlier in life i wouldn't have been able to explore all of these things because when i was growing up i just like wanted to be a singer
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that like i didn't really i didn't really have a purpose i mean i didn't really know what that purpose was but um yeah only only in my early 20s mid 20s I started kind of figuring out like what my purpose is
0: yeah and that sort of like soul initiation process of turning to the next phase of the wheel um for people who might be listening and are like I still don't know what the fuck my purpose is and I'm 35 um is I know there's not a recipe, but when you look back at what happened for you during that time in your life, what were the things that you were opening to or doing or not doing as a part of that sort of exploration and discovery?
1: I think it was just a very difficult part of my life where I was trying to figure out like what morality is and what my Moral compass is, and why we choose um, the morals and ideologies that we live by. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think more than more than that, I don't think you, I don't think you have to go through some terrible thing in your life to to know what your purpose is. I just feel that if if a thought is placed in your head and you, it kind of just like burns in your chest. I feel like any idea I have that, like, I start feeling, like, excitement and, like, passion, I have to, I have to pursue it. I don't think those are put in my head for no reason. Um, and I think people just need to follow
0: that. Um, yeah. I think a part of what that speaks to also is the necessity of learning to be embodied. Which, which is in our nature. It is in our very nature, but we almost unlearn it because of our cultural situation that we're in. So then we, we get cut off from here down, and we don't know how to listen for those things until we sort of reconnect with our bodies and become embodied. And so like what you said, if, there, if the thought is in your head and then it burns in your chest, that's such a somatic, visceral experience. So to listen to what is each person's sort of true north or purpose it's like you've you've got to reconnect to your human animal body
1: yeah i i feel like a lot of people
0: aren't super in touch with themselves
1: and i i'm not sure why that is um i feel like we aren't super in touch with our bodies or like our emotions like a lot of people feel things and they don't even realize what That they're feeling those things, and then even further than that, if they are feeling some things, they they can't accurately identify why they're feeling that thing. Um, There's a lot of sorry. Um, There's a lot of deflection and. I, I'm not sure why that's a part of our culture. I think maybe because like just our puritanical roots or something where we we suppress and repress a lot. But um I think when you're really in tune with yourself and I feel like I'm becoming more and more so, that you kind of you kind of know like what excites you and you just need to follow that. And I think as long as you're following your purpose, then then like if I know that I am following my purpose, then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even necessarily have to be happy as long as I know that like I'm doing
0: my best to do what I am here to do. Right yeah yeah I mean, and that whole chasing of of happiness, like getting to the point where you realize like, yeah, pleasure is great, happiness is cool, but there's also something deeper that I can follow, you know, as that North star it makes me think too of um of a quote from Howard Thurman. I was just pulling it up says don't ask what the world needs ask what makes you come alive and go do it because what the world needs is people who have come alive I love that one
1: And and the world needs so many things I think that's the other part like it's really easy to be overwhelmed with all of the things the world needs and we can't be all of those things at once
0: Mhm
1: so the only thing we can do is, is really go after what we're passionate about and like what we feel called to do or be.
0: Yeah. So as far as your sort of upbringing, because I just, you know, given, I really believe we're every age we've ever been sort of that idea, like you said, of there's multiple, there's many of me in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we carry all of those experiences and, and that shapes who we are and who we continue to become. So I wonder for you like how you view your upbringing or any aspect of that your spiritual background as sort of getting you to where you are.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I I think my my childhood and my circumstances have so much to do with everything I'm doing. Um and in just a, a clear way that um so my, my parents and my family is from Trinidad, and I lived there till I was seven. Um, my grandfather is Muslim. Well, he was. He's dead. And my grandmother was Presbyterian, so my dad was Presbyterian. My mom was Catholic. Wow. And so raised Catholic but Trinidad is this just really amazing mix of cultures and religions. Um, it's like, it's Indian people. Um, Indian and black people are almost the same population-wise. Um, and then a lot of South American, Portuguese, um, just a very mixed culture and, and mix in the food. And, and the people celebrate a lot of, the holidays so I would grow growing up I would celebrate um Diwali like it was my favorite holiday and like no one in my immediate family and no one like none of my cousins or uncles or anything are Hindu but we would still celebrate Diwali because there's <laughs> a really large Hindu population um I always like participated in so many different rituals so I just grew to love Rituals, like I love rituals. and it's really funny because in my live show, I wear all white, and I have this sort of white face paint, and I don't wear shoes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I went to a um, Diwali celebration last year or the year before, and I noticed that the the priest, or I'm not sure what the the word is, but he was wearing all white and he had paint on his face and he had bare feet. And I was like, is this where I got this from? (laughs) Like, is this, was this embedded deep in my mind? And like, I created this character out of this thing I saw growing up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just had, I was surrounded by all these spiritualities and, um, all these religions. And it was just very clear to me that like, yeah, there's this, there's this, there's this higher power and, it manifests itself in all of these different ways because like I'm seeing all of these people and they have different, different ways of communicating with that being. Um, and they're all beautiful. And I think, yeah, I got a lot of,
0: a lot of my
1: spiritual ideas just from the diversity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so neat to wonder about those things of like, was that, something that you sort of filed away from having seen it, or was it something that was just so archetypal? Um, Right. Yeah. And so it sounds like ritual is something that really gets woven into your performances. What do you, what does ritual look like in your just sort of regular life? Hmm.
1: Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I have So much, um, like I meditate every day, Mm -hmm. but like I have to, when I wake Mm -hmm. up, I clean my kitchen. I like to start my day cleaning my kitchen because then it's like, I'm fresh. But other than that, it's like my, um, my schedule is so random that I don't think I have too many, like that much of a schedule. Mm-hmm. but i I do just appreciate the like intricacies and um delicacy of ritual and the the art of it, yeah, but I don't have that many in like my daily life, I guess
0: it's interesting too because it's almost like there's the word ritual that can sort of become synonymous with routine, right mm-hmm. of like oh, I have you know my my tea ritual, I do it in a certain way, and it's it's a routine that I have that's consistent. But then there's also the sense of ritual that is more of a, a very special kind of sacred experience, whether that's, you know, simply like doing a bath with candles or some kind of spiritual ritual by yourself or in a group, um, or for some people, it might be even just yoga class. Mm-hmm. So, so it's interesting, yeah, that just the different layers of ritual and how we engage with that.
1: Mm -hmm. I think definitely in performance like I I do my face paint right before I play and that's that's a a ritual for me to to enter into this mindset where I can like access all of these different selves Mm -hmm. um and -hmm. a lot of people ask me like what does it mean I'm just like it's just it's just blanket anonymity it's just like whatever you want it to mean, it just is me becoming something different. And it's the easiest, just like a simple way for me to shift my mind
0: and my psychology, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And is that a part of your sort of culture of origin in Trinidad? Is face paint a thing?
1: I mean, I think face paint is
0: is sort of like a thing cross
1: culturally for like any, um, any
0: like native indigenous kind of Mm -hmm.
1: yeah people and um I just do the just very basic face paint and it's not not from anywhere in particular it's just like I don't know I see it as like the first mask Mm -hmm. like our first our first form of anonymity um
0: yeah yeah well and this this gets into that like difficult territory but I'm just imagining like if you were just a white woman from Nebraska and Mm -hmm. you showed up on stage wearing a bunch of face paint every time like do you see that as something that would be problematic I've seen white women do it and
1: it's hard to say it's hard to say if it's not coming from any particular culture then I don't know how it, can, I don't think it can be appropriative if it's not from any particular mm-hmm. culture. True. true. Like I, w- I was looking at, um, Kesha had face paint on one of her last releases and it was like rainbow down from her eyes. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like it has nothing that you're not taking that from somewhere. um, do I get away with it because I'm brown? Like certainly. Um, so if I'm, I'm going to use the advantages I have as a woman of color,
0: I will surely use them. Um, yeah. And you, and that's the thing is you have a, a right, right? Like, and I get what you're saying. Like nobody has a monopoly on, on face paint. Like I can draw a flower on my cheek and that's not Cultural appropriation, but when we get into more of like, oh, that looks kind of tribal, or that, you know, like it does get tricky, and so I think that you know, it's and I originally heard your music from Susanna Barkataki's Honor, Don't Appropriate Yoga Summit, and so that's just been something that I, I think, thanks to um, women like her, those conversations are getting louder and more uh, frequent. And mm-hmm. I think it's so awesome that we are really asking ourselves these questions in a bigger way now of like, hold on a second, is this okay? And, and even asking the question can be awkward and all of that, but it's still worth asking. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I feel like that's a <laughs> <Agreed>. <laughs> case by case basis. Agreed. Yeah. Not with just face paint, but with anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah and i don't even know if there's anything in particular you want to say but i just had to call out because one of the questions i asked you was like what are some of the you know the things like television media books music whatever that's that have influenced you and um we kind of touched on uh deathcad's plans album and also the regina specter album began to hope that you mentioned those are like two of my favorites and so i'm just like Feel oh, feel like a really? very kindred spirit, and it's also funny because I continued to listen to both of their stuff after those albums. I don't even know that it was a case of like, oh, well, they peaked there, but I think it may have been like the point that I was at in my life, maybe, where those had the most influence. I think I'm maybe yeah. just like a couple years older than you, but um, yeah, those are both just incredible albums, and even like the philosophical elements in that Regina Spector album, just incredible
1: yeah she growing up she was she was the first um artist that made me like understand the um the value in my uniqueness and in my own voice literally and metaphorically like how to use my voice in different ways that wasn't just like trying to like belt Mm -hmm. and then like what is it that I actually have to say like oh I, I didn't even realize before I started listening to her like I can talk I can talk about whatever I want to talk about like what yeah. oh, okay like what do I what do I want to say um, she's incredible and I think I saw her I've only seen her live once but it was it was really it was magical
0: yeah yeah she's one of those people that's like just gives you permission to be fucking weird And we need that permission because the weirder that we can be, like the more ourselves that we can be without putting it through all of these filters of, is it going to be liked? Is it going to be like, we need more weirdness. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So I know that you'll be touring and stuff soon. What are the dates that you have now or or the the places you're going to be going? And then you're going to continue adding to that?
1: yeah so um June seventh we're doing an ego experience in Kansas City. June ninth, we're doing one in Oklahoma City. Um We haven't announced our l a dates yet, but it will be at the end of June. And then, in September, I think we're going to do um some East Coast dates. And after that, hopefully I'll get down to Nashville. And do some dates there, yeah, it's gonna be throughout the next year. Um, three to five ego experience dates at a time every few months, so it's not it's not like a traditional tour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to do something where I get to be a part of the community for longer and kind of open up this dialogue. Um, yeah. So it'll be in several cities through the next year, but the first three are Kansas City, Oklahoma City, and L.A.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, So one of the things that I was thinking about, um, because I'm I'm playing with this concept of having, like, different themes for each month with, Mm -hmm. like, podcasts and whatever else I create, and I wanted to do kind of a month around Wild. And just that – the many, many different things that that can mean, but like this wild wild woman archetype, is that something that you've explored explicitly at all?
1: Wild woman archetype? No, not explored explicitly. Yeah. Well, I think
0: you're, you're doing it, so good job. <laughs> I,
1: I think I really identify with this like priestess Yeah. Sort um. of thing. I've only seen a psychic once, but it was at this party. I was at this like billionaires party that like I got invited to in a weird way. Nice and nice. um, she's like a celebrity psychic, so I was like, I gotta go get my free psychic reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the first card she pulled was this like priestess that was like dressed exactly like I do in my show and everything. And wow,
0: like, that's, that's me. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. There's <laughs> there's a great book called Women Who Run With the Wolves um, mm-hmm. by Dr. Cl- Clarissa P- Pinkola Estes. It came out in like the early 90s, I think. And um, I've been reading it with a group of friends. And it's it's just, it's incredible. Like talking about how, I mean, not demonizing the sort of cultured, civilized persona that you know is often very useful and it's not to say that that's completely inauthentic but she talks about how women need to have that and need to sort of come home to ourselves and um embrace sort of our what she calls wildish woman um where What's we can name? uh women who run with the wolves yeah mm-hmm. So cool. it's like, you know, whether that means putting your hands in the dirt, dancing around your room, which is why I say, like, I think you're already embodying this. And that's kind of why Hopefully. when I discovered yeah. your... I haven't
1: really explored the concept very much. Yeah, nice.
0: it's, it's really, there's a, I mean, there's some of it that, you know, kind of like, yeah this is fine. But then there's parts of it where I'm like, oh my God. Um, and it's really neat because she's a Jungian uh, scholar and Jungian analyst. And so she takes these old um, fairy tales and folklore I can't remember somewhere in South America that her family originates from and so a lot of the stories come from things that were shared from some of her aunts and um, things like that but she takes these these folk tales and she sort of writes her version of them and then breaks down like all of the, the what's happening in that fairy tale or folk tale from the perspective of every Character in it is sort of a a part of our intra-psychic world.
1: Oh, so yeah, so it's
0: like Bluebeard. It's like, okay, well, who is who is your inner Bluebeard, and are you recognizing this part of you that is like trying to kill you? So it's it's really incredible. Yeah, I think you would dig it. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but when I heard your music, I was like, ooh, that's like it's just an embodiment of that energy to me. So. Cool.
1: Yeah. Thanks for,
0: um, turning me on to that. I'll definitely get yeah.
1: out. So I mean,
0: Trish, what is the fucking point?
1: You know what? I haven't figured that out
0: yet. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Have any of us?
1: Um, I think the point has something to do with duality mm-hmm. and, how awful and wonderful the world and existence and humanity is. And I think the point is trying to figure out how we deal with this duality. Um, I don't think the point is to be happy. That's one thing I know. The point's not to be happy. Um, And for me, right now, it's it's just finding meaning um and can we have meaning if it's not attached to any sort of higher being higher power um and like what is that what does that even mean Mm -hmm. having what is what is meaning and, and finding that for each of us but i found that the times that i'm most content and sort of in awe of existence is when i when I can accept, like, how wonderful and awful things are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That just, that just, resonates just, a lot with me because I almost feel like it's going in parallel. Like, the more awful that I discover the world is and that humanity is, also at the same time, the more beautiful I'm discovering it is. And how yeah, crazy. But, <laughs> it, it, it,
1: things can only be so beautiful in the face of like something horrible and if if we didn't have anything bad i don't know if greatness exists in a world where struggle doesn't exist um yeah i've been i've been thinking a lot about like i think a lot about poor people and rich people mm-hmm. um and I've been thinking, is it harder to live in a world of privilege and understand your privilege and become a generous person? Or to be a poor person and to be graceful and endure struggle? Like and I think both of those things are incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to say that like our lives are some sort of like weird test or anything, but I've just been thinking about like the the places that, um, the places that we've been put in our lives and our circumstances and why that would be. And I've sort of realized that, like, no matter where you're, what circumstances you're born into, it's different challenges to being a good person. Um, because the more, the more like great things you have in your life, it's I feel like it would be more difficult
0: to almost be grateful for those things. Anyways, that's, that was
1: just a random
0: thought for you. No, totally. I mean, that, that sort of thought experiment that you put out about those two very different lives, to me, feels like the kind of thing that's like, that's not a question to pose necessarily to find the answer to it, but a very important question to sit with and to recognize. Like, wherever I fall, even if I don't fall in one of these extremes, like, thinking about it and living into that question i am gonna um your song money was the other one that i wanted to just read a little snippet from and so this part of the lyrics says what percent of the one percent am i worth anyway what am i worth anyway thoughts and prayers to the kids out there because because they don't cost a dime. Stay in jail if you can't make bail. Your poverty is a crime. Get some money. What percent of the 1% am I worth anyway?
1: What am I worth anyway? Thoughts and prayers for the kids out there because they don't cost a dime. Stay in jail if you can't make bail. Your poverty
0: Money, money, money. Money. And the song is just so incredible because it's like it's got that like sexy, like Banks, Lord kind of vibe to it. But unlike talking about like money, money, like like in a lot of those songs do where it's like living this glamorous lifestyle, you're calling out this disparity and it's, it's really special.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Did you watch the video? I can't, I don't think I've watched that one yet. I watched some of the other ones. (laughs) That's well, that's like my favorite video. Oh, I'll definitely watch it. And I'll put that in the show notes. Um, I did see the, your En Vogue cover where you did just, just the like um, acapella Uh, vocal looping. That one is really cool. Thank you. The idea of looping is like really awesome but stresses me out. I'm like, oh my God, that's so much to manage.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. People say that, but it's like, it's, it's like learning a basic level of like any instrument
0: basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, your, all your stuff will be linked up in the show notes. um, But just tell us here out loud what your website is, where to find you on Instagram, anything else we need to know to support what you're doing
1: yeah uh, my website is just www.trishes.com, dot com and all of my social handles are at Trish's music and uh go watch my videos
0: yes youtube.com
1: right. yeah. slash trish's music Awesome. They're really fun and um we put a lot of a lot of thought and effort into them.
0: Cool. And I can't wait to see the Saraswati video that you're prepping for now. OMG, friend, you made it all the way to the end of the episode. It is truly an honor that you've chosen to spend this time with me. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. You can find show notes for this and other episodes at valerykmartin.com slash podcast, and that's just the letter K. And just to make it a little confusing, you can find me on Instagram at valkaymartin. V-A-L-K-A-Y-Martin, spelled out. I love getting DMs from you guys about what you're enjoying in the podcast, questions, ideas for topics or interviews. And if you want to bring a huge smile to my face, leave a quick rating and review on apple podcasts it helps so much just go to bit.ly slash wtfpreview all lowercase and it'll take you less than a minute i'll see you next time and until then keep asking the big questions